It's my privilege to be here on this day. And I don't have the reluctance as Alan does to call him boy. But I'm very happy to be here to, to be able to speak with each one of these that spoke before me. And as I was listening to each one, I was thinking I could easily just say, okay, what he said then and what he said then. And that's my talk. But I will say it again because we can't get the scriptures spoken about or we can't be reminded of them too much. I appreciate the theme of the meeting and just teaching us to open your eyes. I've been told that Oh, so many times growing up, just look. I told mine the same thing many times. Just look and pay attention. Too many times we don't see what's right there, just like the Lord's disciples probably did on that day when those there in Samaria were coming out. Maybe they looked up, but they didn't realize this crowd is a crowd of individuals that were going to learn about Jesus and salvation. They may have just thought it was just another multitude and wonder if we're going to have to feed them too. Who knows what they thought? But Jesus was trying to get their attention out there. Of course, there had been others who didn't realize what was around them. Think about Balaam as he was going along and he didn't realize there was an angel up ahead of him ready to lop his head off until finally his eyes were open. Or maybe the, the servant of Elisha didn't realize the army of God that was around to take care of the situation that he was so worried about. And I'm not saying that we should expect to have some miraculous vision around us, but many times we do just need to open our eyes and look. See what is there as we have been told already numerous times in this meeting. We need to look with the eyes of the Lord and recognize opportunities, recognize individuals and groups. Three things I want us to look at very quickly this morning. Number one is yes, look at our community. Look out there and see who was there. The Lord told 12 ordinary guys, now you go into all the world. Can you imagine that? Twelve guys who really lived in a spot about this big. They hadn't gone much further than that their whole life. And now they're told, you go into all the world and preach the gospel. And just as a little reminder for us today, what Jesus did not say, now you go into all the areas and you start organizing and have a lot of annual big gospel meetings. I love this meeting. I'm not saying not have them. But coming to the Oklahoma New Year's meeting is not our main focus of evangelism. That's not the way we convert the world. Now we know Paul, he got together and he wanted he and his traveling companion in Acts 14 verse 22. Let's go back around and strengthen the souls of the disciples. In chapter 15, he said, let's go back and visit the brethren and see how they are doing. It's important for us to be together and to encourage one another. But young and old, we need to realize evangelism is not just attending every meeting you can go to. It isn't. They're good for us. I'm here. I want to be here. But there's so much more to it than that. We need to see the community as has been pointed out as lost individuals. 
If we were driving down the street, we see a house on fire, we'd do our best to go in and get them. Jude reminds us that we need to be snatching individuals as if it's right out of the fire. It's something serious. We need to open our eyes and see that the lost are there and we need to go to them. Again, to be repetitious. Repetitious. There are people you know that I'll never meet. There are people I know that you will never meet. They need to hear the gospel. Give them that opportunity at least once. At least give them the chance to turn you down. But we need to be reaching out to them. Another way that we might be influencing those of the world is what they can see in us. It's a wonderful little lesson there in 1 Peter chapter 3 where the Apostle Peter speaks about the woman who may be married to an unbeliever. And it may well be the situation where he could be saying, I don't want to hear it. Okay, you don't have to hear it, but you're going to see it every day. So he might be one without the word or without it being spoken, but he would see it lived every single day of her life. Upon close examination, what do people see in us? There are pe people are watching, whether you like it or know it or not, people are watching. What do they see? Or would they think, well, they're just like everybody else? Like everyone else on the block. They're like everyone else that I know. There's not anything any different. They're just one of the folks. Or do they see they're different? Or maybe like the Jews thought later on about the disciples, about the apostles. They're unlearned, but listen to the way they teach. Oh, I know the difference. They've been with Jesus. Do people see a difference? Or do they just see someone like everybody else? As mentioned, Acts 8, those being persecuted. No, it wasn't just apostles, elders, preachers, leaders, teachers. But if everyone ran for their lives, but they, everywhere that they went, they were doing the very thing that they were being persecuted for back home. If you wanted to keep finding them, find out where the gospel is being preached. Yes, the community needs us. We need to open our eyes and be teaching and preaching those. We need to have our eyes upon ourselves. Again, James 1, 22 through 25, we won't read it. It's been referred to. Those who look into the perfect law of liberty and they are seeing themselves. In this, many times I've thought about that scrawny little old boy standing in front of a mirror, just making all the poses. I mean, no bigger than a toothpick. And yet in his eyes, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger all over again. Oh, he's deluded in fantasy land. But he needs to realize what he's really looking at. He's not there yet. When we look into God's word, what do we see? We can see what a Christian needs to do. Need to see the way we need to live and what we need not to be doing. But do we turn away and forget? Or are we still convinced I'm Arnold. Remember Saul? Saul, before he became the king, he was so humble, even though he knew that he was the one being chosen, people couldn't find him. He was hiding in the stuff. He didn't want to come out. Later, he started gaining in confidence. He thought he had the world by the tail. 
And then he got in trouble whenever he was saying he was doing what God said. And Samuel made it plain, no, you're not. And Samuel reminded him in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 17, when you were little in your own eyes, weren't you made king? Back when you weren't all swole up with yourself, you were serving God. John the Baptist, in teaching about Jesus in John 3 and in verse 30, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. As we look to ourselves, are we thinking that I'm pretty good, I'm pretty big, I really know all that there is? Or are we putting Jesus forward and not us? In our same passage in John chapter 4, Jesus pointed out about God, what He really wanted. He is looking for us. He's looking for true worshipers to worship Him. He's not looking for performers. He's not looking for entertainers to get up here and entertain, to put on a show. Whether it's like this from the Scriptures or whether it's from a songbook, if it's showing your greatness, but John was saying, no, he must increase and I must decrease. When people really look at us, are they seeing a person putting themselves forward? Or more and more, they're seeing the characteristics of Christ. We need to be real about it. We are servants. We are lumps of clay that God is to be molding. We're not to take over the position of, of molding. Paul told Timothy, first, 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16, says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman, that, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You need to put out the effort to prove yourself by the truth. Look into that perfect law of liberty. Intensely gaze and learn what it is. Rather than start saying what you want it to be or putting yourself forward. And notice the contrast between these two short verses. Stay with the perfect law. Rightly divide the truth. And stop flirting with error and useless arguments. People waste too much time looking for an argument. Combat error? Yes. But don't go looking for these arguments. Because Paul says they increase to more and more ungodliness. So let's watch ourselves and make the honest comparison. Number three, let's pay attention to our family. We should never forget our family. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8. And this specifically even refers to the physical things, but how much more important is it to our spiritual things? We need to pay attention to our family, not only earthly family, but our spiritual family as well. Be aware and always point in the right direction. Parents, build up your children, guide your children, 
training them and admonishing in the admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 5 and verse 4. You know, it doesn't matter how far they can kick, kick a football or a soccer ball or throw a baseball or any number of other things. That's not going to get them into heaven. There's no teams up there. And there are people that will spend endless hours, day after day after day, every week, and yet, oh, I don't have time to study, uh, get together with you on Tuesday night to study the Bible. We have too many things going on. And it's true. But what will they do for us spiritually? If people are watching us, what would they say is most important? No, they'll skip that evening service or they'll run over here quickly and worship there on Sunday morning so they can run off to the game or whatever that afternoon. What, how many times do we miss sports? Because, no, we're having a meeting, we're having a study, there's a mission effort. What really is moved and manipulated? It's no accident when some, a child grows up in the Lord. The rod and rebuke gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother, Proverbs 29 and 15. No, I'm sorry kids, you're not the one to be in charge. No matter how much fun the other thing might be. Follow your folks. Folks, pay attention to your kids. Folks, pay attention to one another. Choose the Lord, truth, his church over all extracurricular activities. If there begins to be a problem, get rid of the extra problem. The Lord's never the problem. We need to open our eyes and pay attention. Children, obey your parents to the Lord for this is right. Ephesians 6.1 A following statement doesn't come like because if you don't obey the Lord that's wrong doesn't say it but that verse right there still means it doesn't it you obey your your parents because that's right it means the other's wrong it's just wrong it doesn't matter how ignorant you believe your parents are now it's amazing how much you you find out that they've learned in a short period of time when you get a little older we catch on too. But we need to be aware. Watch your community. They're watching you. Reach out to them with the truth. Be honest with yourself. You're not the greatest thing. But you can be a saved worker for the Lord when you view His will correctly and you put yourself in place to live and work for Him and not yourself. Pay attention to the family in every aspect of it, every relationship that we have, and keep that family within the Lord. In all this, we must serve God in this life with awareness. And as we have the instruction many times through the scriptures, with your eyes open, watch, look, intently gaze. Let's follow the Lord's will and not our own. You wouldn't be here if you weren't interested. Let's keep our interest. If there's one here that has not shown your interest or appreciation for the Lord and obedience to the gospel, you can do that today. There's any number of people that we could name with terrible, 
terminal diseases to where if they could get one shot of something that would fix it, they would do it. They wouldn't say, oh, I'll wait till tomorrow. Let me think about it. No, they would do it. There's nothing deadlier than sin. Today's your chance to get rid of sin if you've never done so. Believe in our Lord Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior. With that conviction, you're going to be determined to change your life to be like Him rather than keep it the way you might have wanted it in the past. So believe, repent, make that good confession that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that's not just a one-time thing. You live on that fact. He is the Son. Submit to baptism for the remission of sins. You'll become a new person. You'll be growing. You'll be serving. You're saved. Nothing better than that. If you've taken those steps and there's error in your life that we might be able to assist you with in removing, you know that you are very welcome as well once you come while we sing.